Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight. And we'll begin at verse number one. Um, we're in the middle of a study, and I'm, I mentioned that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I know that for some of you, this is your first time here, um, or you weren't here last Sunday evening, or weren't here this morning, that, that sort of thing. Um, it's okay, we're going to, the Holy Spirit will help us just fold right in and never miss a step, Amen. But if you'd like to have a copy of those messages, they're free of charge. Um, you can request it on a CD. I know some of you don't have access to the internet, but those of you who do have access to the internet, um, they're there for you to either listen to on the podcast or audio uh, download or video uh, at hccnow.org, hccnow.org. And I'll quote Brother Keith Moore. Um, he also gives away the sermons that he preaches, and he says, no cost means no excuse. Amen. So um, we'd love for you to lay hold of this teaching and, and, um, and just really dig into these things and, and let the Holy Spirit um, reveal these truths to you. They're extremely important. Amen. Let me, um, if I could, just read through these verses, and then we'll kind of do a little bit of review and then look at some new things tonight. Praise God. So verse number one, Romans chapter eight, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse number five, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, what we see in verse number five is um, a practical instruction for a practical application of what the Apostle Paul through the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul has, has been laying out for us. Now, we addressed something this morning, so let's go ahead and address it tonight uh, as well, right? Um, the enemy is trying to tell me that these things are too tedious and, and people aren't interested and it's too in-depth and um, it's going to sell right over their heads. And so I know that if he's telling me that, he's probably trying to tell you something similar. Amen? Because there are answers here that we so, so desperately need. There's, there's some alignment here that is needed in our thinking that is so very, very important. We asked some questions last Sunday night, right? And I, I, I think I know the answer to these questions because you wouldn't be in church on a Sunday night if, if you, uh, you know, were, did not answer yes or affirmative to these questions. But, but are you interested in being right with God? Amen. Are you interested in living right before Him, in doing right, and not just in being right, but in, in doing right, and, 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 and abstaining from, staying away from uh, sinful behavior, 
uh, and, and fulfilling, following through on, on the right things that you were created to do and, and that's in your heart to do. And, and again, thank you for those yeses and those amens and those nods and lifting of the hands. Because again, this is in the heart of a born-again believer. But what we often find is, 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 a, is a cluelessness when it comes as to how to actually walk these things out and live these things out. Let me, let me um, praise God. I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself and then we'll come back and fill some of these blanks in, all right? Um, maybe it was your, your coach in high school or, or, you know, somebody that said something to this effect to you. You've got to dig deep. You've got to reach down inside of you. You've got you to you find something inside of you, right? Maybe the... The, 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 you know, two a days before football season or, or what have you. And, and, you know, this idea that we've got to tap into something on the inside of us. If, if you've never had a personal experience to that, can you at least relate to, to that idea that, that there's something inside of us that, that somehow if we could just tap into it and, and lay hold of it, um, a strength that we need, a, a, a desire that we need, uh, something to motivate us, something to inspire us, something to embolden us, something to, uh, to, to, to guide us. Are you following what I'm saying? Amen. And this idea that, that you know, we intuitively know, instinctively know, that it's not out in the world around us, but that it's somewhere inside of us. Amen. It's because that's how God created you. You, you were hardwired to tap into that which resides inside of you for, for what you need, even the provisions that you need the answers that you need, the direction that you need, the authority that you need, the strength that you need, the motivation, the, the inspiration, all of these things rising up from inside of you. It's how God created you to live. The problem with this is before we were born again, that which was inside of us to, 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 to inspire and to motivate and to strengthen and to direct and to give us answers and wisdom was, was absent and dormant or dead you can, say it an, you can say it another way right the lights were off and nobody was at home but now that we've been born again we're no longer in darkness we're now in the light and the light is in us we now have the Spirit of God in us we now have the kingdom of God in us we now have the nature of God in us uh, Paul to the Philippians said that the, that the Spirit who now lives in you is there both to will and to do. Not just give you the want to do right, but give you the ability to do right. Not just the want to to serve God, but the ability to serve Him effectively at a very high level. Not just the desire to be able to lay your hands on sick people and see them recover, but the ability to lay your hands on sick people and see them recover. Not just the desire to be victorious in life, but the ability to overcome, be more than a conqueror, amen, and be victorious in life. To will and to do. The wherewithal is in you. The unction is in you. The oomph is in you. The ability is in you. And it's not something, it's someone. The very Spirit of God Himself now lives inside of you. 
problem we have is we don't know how to dig deep. Let me say it another way. We don't know how to tap into that. We don't know how to access that power. We don't know how to access that wisdom. We don't know how to access that direction. If you don't have decisions to make right now in your life, you will have decisions to make in your life in the coming days. Life is choice driven. And so much of our future depends on making the right choices. And the, and the one who has all treasures of wisdom and knowledge lives in you. Man, you, you think Google has information. The Holy Spirit has specific information for you and for me. The answers are there, but we don't know how to search. We don't know how to find. We don't, we don't know how to tap into. We, we, don't, we don't know how to be led by. We don't know how to, to access the strength, the healing, the resources, the prosperity. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's inside of you. He's inside of you. All of these things, everything that pertains to life and godliness, the Bible says, has already been given to you. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Again, have been, not will be given, have been given. We don't know how to tap into this. Now you combine the ignorance of not, ignorance not fighting words, it just means you don't know. You combine, on one hand, the ignorance of not knowing how to tap into these things and a lifelong familiarity with how to rely upon the flesh the means of the flesh, the ways of the flesh, the wisdom of the flesh. In other words, we know how to get the answers in the flesh, but those answers don't satisfy us. Those answers lead us in a path of destruction. So why do we keep going to the answers of the flesh when we know that deeper inside of us are the answers that we need? And how, how do we access those? How do we tap into those? Anybody interested? Now, if you're not born again, the lights are off in nobody's home. So the first thing you need to do is you need to receive this gift of salvation. You need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But if you have already been born again, He's placed the entire resources of His government inside of you. The wealth of His government, the wisdom of His government, the power and authority of his government, the provision, all of that is inside of you. So how then do we tap into it? How, how do we engage these things? Well, the verse is right in front of you. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit. To live according to the Spirit means to live a life based upon, directed by, in agreement with your spirit. Based upon what's in your spirit. Directed by who and what's in your spirit. In agreement with who and what's in your spirit. If you want to tap into that, you do it. Now listen, could it be that simple? The answer is yes, it is this simple. Set your mind on the things of the spirit. And the more we set our minds, again, this speaks of a deliberate intentional act, the more we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, the more spiritually minded we become. In other words, we develop, the Holy Spirit helps develop within us a spiritual mindset. 
to where we look at things the way God looks at them. Do you realize Jesus never saw an impossibility on planet Earth? We see things all the time, man, that's impossible. We even say that's impossible. Don't lose those words. Amen. Lose those words. Quit saying that. Amen. You're revealing your lack of a spiritual mindset. Spiritually minded men and women never see impossibilities. Matter of fact, we don't, we don't even see obstacles. We just see opportunities. It's a mindset. See, the enemy's trying to bluff you. He's trying to intimidate you. He's trying to overwhelm you. He's trying to present all these problems and this and that. And see, when we approach those things with a fleshly mindset, we approach those things setting our minds on the things of the flesh, looking for some fleshly answer to these things. This is where we become stressed and anxious and overwhelmed and depressed and, and, and all of this. But when we go deeper, we set our mind on the things of the Spirit. As long as Abraham set his mind on the things of the flesh, Isaac would not and could not be born. It was when he shifted over, he considered not everything that was against him, but chose instead to consider who promised him that he and Sarah would have a child and his ability, God's ability, to bring that to pass. David did not kill Goliath considering how big Goliath was. He killed Goliath considering how small Goliath was when he compared him to his God. He dug deeper, spiritually minded, spiritual mindset. And every single one of us can live our lives with that kind of a mindset. And this is how we tap into these things. Now, I keep pointing this out not to condemn you because there's no condemnation tonight to those who are in Christ Jesus. But did you notice, like, even during praise and worship, how, because, again, that's, that's one of the reasons we have something called praise and worship in our times together. Amen. Is obviously the first and most important reason is to acknowledge God and to, to acknowledge who He is and who we are in relationship to Him. But it gives us an opportunity to come from outside, right, to inside. We come from the world and the hustle and bustle. We come into a sanctuary. Amen. I know God no longer dwells in temples made with men's hands. You're the temple. But again, it's a designated place. We come in a, a, a place of respite, a, a place of rest, um, a place of, 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 of like precious faith. And then in that moment, we set our minds on a God who is worthy we set, a, we set our minds on, on a God who has our healing in His hands. We set our mind. you see, again, we're setting our minds. And, and the enemy will fight you tooth and toenail. I don't know what that means, but amen. But he'll fight you, right? Kicking and scratching and clawing, spiritually speaking, to keep you from setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. Distract you, discourage you, deceive you, right? And so now we're in a place where the Spirit of God is, is moving and, 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 and other people are, are, are singing and, and, and we're setting our hearts and our affections, our attention, our minds upon Him. And, and we're thinking about what we've got to do tomorrow. We're thinking about some television show, some football game. So are you, my friend, resistance is real. Right? It's because the enemy understands 
that if you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, you're going to live a life based upon who and what is in your spirit, directed by who and what's in your spirit, in agreement with who and what's in your spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow, where does the time go? All right, let's... Um, Let's do this for a moment. And I, I, I really, I came here today to help us. When I say today, I mean, I thought we would have done it this morning. And now here we are tonight. And, but amen, the Holy Spirit's leading us and we're following him. Amen. But one of the key things that I, I came here today to do is to help all of us put the law of Moses in the right perspective. The law of Moses in the right perspective. Now, in the verses that we read together tonight, we see mentioned three different laws. The first one that I wanted to talk about, it was actually in the verses that we read, it was the third one mentioned. But it's the first one I want us to talk about and understand because it becomes a key to unlocking the others. And that is the law of Moses. When we talk about the law of Moses, we, we often think of the Ten Commandments, but the Ten biggies, the ten that were written in stone were just the first ten of what turns out to be around 600 different commandments or ordinances in the Old Testament. Okay? We'll finish, I'll come back to that and we'll finish there, right? We then see that he talked about, and, and these are basically in reverse order, that they were presented. The, they were presented in the order, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. Okay? For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh is speaking of the law of Moses. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, we said this this morning, I want to say it again tonight because this is where I, I feel like sometimes folks just kind of zone out. Don't zone out. Stay with me, please. You may have never heard of the law of sin and death. You may, you may have never heard of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But these two things are tremendous factors in your life and quality of life. Those questions we asked about being right and doing right and your desire to not just be right before God, but to do right and to live the life that He created you to live, to say no to the things you need to be able to say no to, to say yes to the things that you were created to say yes to. Please hear me. If you never understand these laws and how these laws affect your life, you're going to continue to struggle in these areas. The law of sin and death is why we struggle to do the things we know we should do, and it's why we struggle in, in stopping uh, to do the things we know we shouldn't. 
The law of sin and death is at the heart of that. And what we see is that the law of sin and death controls us. Right? And the only way that we can be free from that law of sin and death is to operate in this new law called the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, so again, the, this may be new terminology to you. These may be things that, that even if you've read in the past, it, it never really registered with you. But these things not only need to register with you, you need to understand these things. Uh, I've, every time I go here, and the Holy Spirit keeps leading us back to verses 5 and 6, because verses 5 and 6 is how we act upon these things. Verses 5 and 6 is giving us practical instructions on how to operate in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is a law that acts upon you like gravity. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is like the law of lift. It's a law that will enable you to overcome the law of sin and death, but it's a law that you must act upon. In other words, there's something you and, and I, is something that we have to do in order to operate as born-again believers in the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it's not, you know, when we say there's something that you have to do, what we have to do is set our mind on the things of the Spirit. We've got to get our minds out of the gutter. We've got to get our minds out of the flesh. We've got to get our minds out of the cares of this world. We've got to get our minds out of the things that, that trouble us and worry us and overwhelm us. We've got to tune that out and we've got to tune in who He is and what He's done for us and what He's said to us and what He's promised us and what He's given to us and the power and authority that we have in His name. We've got to set our minds on the things of the Spirit and we'll tap into what's already residing in our spirits. Oh, I'm passionate about this. Jesus has made it so easy for us. He took something that was impossible and made it easy. My friend, people who lived under the law, what we have available to us, what's right in our finger, it's closer than our fingertips. It's inside of you now. It's not just within uh, the outstretched hand. It's even closer than that. My friend, those folks had zero chance of accessing any of this. Now, not only do we have the opportunity to access it, it's in us, and it's just a matter of us by faith setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. We tap into all that God is and all that God has. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's, I'm just going to leave those three, and I know I'm out of time, but let's just real quick. The law of Moses, I've explained this a couple of times already, but let me, the law of Moses is, the, they're the laws written in stone, the thou shalt nots, okay? Now, part of me wants to say, and it's true for me to say it, that the law of Moses is a standard that God established on the outside of us, written with His hand in stone, for us to strive to live up to.
for us to strive to live up to. Now, it will serve us well to think of it that way because the context of the Holy Spirit's explanation in the Bible holds it up in that light. The only reason I hesitate here is that Paul addressed this reality, and we mentioned it last week, we mentioned it again now, and that is someone who's not a Jew, who doesn't know anything about God or His commandments, has something imprinted within himself or herself that says it's wrong to kill another man. It's, it's wrong to steal, it's wrong to lie, it's, it's wrong to take another man's wife, these kinds of things. And, and that, my brother, my sister, I think goes to every human being be cre being created in the image and likeness of God. Let me, let me say it another way. It was wrong to kill. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about those of you who fought in, in wars, and that's, that's obviously different, but, you know, kill a man without cause, what have you, murder. Um, that was wrong before God said it was wrong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was, it was it never been right to do that, never will be. And the same is true with all those other commandments, okay? So, I, for every time I come to this point, I feel just this tugging that I need to put that addendum, that, that exception, if you will, out there. But God wrote these on tablets of stone, and He says, now, you obey those and you'll be blessed. Disobey them and you'll be cursed. I'm simplifying, but that's the gist of it, right? The law of sin and death is not something external. The law of Moses is something external. The law of sin and death is something internal. Specifically, Romans 7 identifies that it's internal, but internal in our flesh. Paul said, I find another law in my members. Another law in my flesh. Now the third law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, is another internal law, but this one is not in your flesh, it's in your spirit. The real you. In, in the book I say, a new sheriff in town. Okay? Before a man or a woman is born again, they don't have access to those things. Now that we've been born again, we have access. Are you following me? As we said earlier, that's now inside of us for us to tap into it. Okay, now. <clears throat> It is very sad to me that 2,000 years plus later, long after Jesus set us free from the law by our dying with Him to it, that so many of His children 
look to that law for their right standing with God. In other words, people are still trying to be right with God based upon their performance and their adherence to that external standard. Trying to make themselves right, trying to earn God's favor and blessing, trying to earn their way by their good works into heaven. I could understand it if we were first generation members of the body of Christ. In other words, if we were all raised in Judaism, if we had all been raised with the mindset that you obey those commandments and, and, and this is how you receive God's blessing, this is how you receive right standing with God, and then all of a sudden Jesus came and changed everything, and, and now you know we, we've been indoctrinated by this as, as, as Jews, now we've been born again, and boy, this is, this is a challenge for us because this is completely foreign to, to, to Judaism, right? None of us uh, that I'm aware of uh, were, were raised uh, in Judaism before Jesus came to this earth. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, obviously that's an impossibility. But yet we still struggle with that same mindset. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. Let me try to make it plain for you. If we're doing good, then God loves us. That's the mindset. If, if we've gone a few days without breaking some big commandment, then God must really be happy with us. But then the minute we make a mistake, commit a sin, do something wrong, say something we shouldn't have said, don't do something we should have done, now all of a sudden He's mad at us. Now all of a sudden we, you know, and, and, and notice the, the mindset is that we're constantly trying to work our way back into His good graces. We're constantly trying to, to earn our position with Him earn our favor with Him, earn our acceptance by Him. My friend, this is a stench in the nostrils of God. He has given you this as a free gift. There is nothing you can do tonight to make Him love you any more than He loves you right now or any less than He loves you right now. He, you, you can't make Him mad. Every ounce of anger, every scintilla of anger that He had uh, towards us Jesus absorbed it all. He took the punishment and the blame for everything you ever have done or ever will do wrong and turned right around and gave you the credit and the reward for everything that he's ever done right or ever will do right. And this is how Father God sees you tonight. Amen. Amen. And yet we continue to struggle laboring under the, the, the trying to live up to this external standard of the law while remaining clueless to the internal standard of righteousness that we've been given and become. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, where does the time go? Praise God. All right, you get anything out of this? So we're going to dig deep this week. We're going to tap into something inside of us this week. Amen. Praise God. We're not talking about guts. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. 
We're not talking about grabbing hold of your bootstraps. We're talking about laying hold of God. Have you ever heard the expression becoming God inside-minded? Becoming God in... See, this is... This is, see, you set your mind on that. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. You're of God's little children and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. Set your mind on that. Remind yourself that any obstacle you're facing, you've already overcome it. As far as Father's concerned, you've already won. You are more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I've heard different people explain more than a conqueror. Jesse Duplantis says, you know, Mike Tyson, whoever the heavyweight fighter wins the fight, then he gives his wife the check, you know. She's more than a conqueror. She got the, she got the payday without the bruises. That's one way of looking at it. But the, the, the real sense is more than a conqueror, sometimes the Romans would take an enemy and they would literally erase them from the face of the earth. By the time they got through, there was no, they would take and dismantle every home, burn every home. If they were stone foundations, they would remove the stone foundations. Literally so that there was no trace that they had ever existed. That's not just conquering somebody. That's being more than a conqueror. It's, it's like it never happened. It's literally like, like they dissolved and evaporated and are no more. Amen. Amen. This is the life that we've been called to. This is the God that we serve, whose we are. Amen. So we set our minds on this level of victory, this, this, the, the victory that, that is available to us. Amen. Quit rehearsing defeat. Failure is no longer an option for you. If He always causes you to triumph, where is there any room in that promise for failure? That's who and what's inside of you. And we tap into it by setting our mind and developing a spiritual mindset. Well, Father, You're good to us and we love You. Praise God. Amen. With your heads bowed, just real quick, you say, Pastor Mark, I'm here tonight. I've never received this gift of salvation that you mentioned earlier. Never been born again, but tonight's my night. You say, I'd like to receive Jesus. Anybody? Never been born again, but tonight's my night. Just want to make sure. Amen. Amen. All right. Father, thank you tonight for the men and women that are in the room. Lord, born again believers, every one of them, which means every one of us have resources beyond comprehension dwelling inside of our born-again spirit. Help us, Father, tap into those this week by setting our minds on the things of the Spirit and living a life based upon, directed by, and in agreement with what resides there already. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck.